live from Brooklyn, New York. It's the Any Given Thursday podcast presented by no one. Yeah, if you want to give us a sponsorship, we're listening. We like money as next as much as the next guy. Um, but uh, we're back finally. It's been a few weeks. Um, apologies for the delay. Um, we're back and rolling. We're ready to talk match day three of this week's Europa and Europa Conference Leagues. Um, we had some bangers on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Literally goals and games. Um, and probably people were having sex across the world too. I don't I assume at some point yeah, somebody was during that day. You'd think just the odds would be in favor of that. Um, I wasn't, but maybe you well, were. That's a shame. I'm sorry. Maybe you were. Sorry. I don't know. Um, yeah, so let's get right to it. Um, let's start in Group A. Dun, 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 ba-ding, ba-ding, ba-ding. Are we doing a the theme interlude. song? Yeah, yeah. it's my little interlude. That's fun. Um, between sections. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we had uh, we had some good ones, actually. Two actually competitive games, where in fact we would have only expected one. Um, <laughs> let's start in Greece, where Olympiakos defeated West Ham by the score of 2-1. to one, um, And an impressive victory that, uh, you know, vaults them up into... Uh, they're not still, up into anywhere. They're still in third. Yeah. But they're two points behind West Ham and Freiburg now. So this was a really key result for them if they wanted to stay in the race for second. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of a must win. This definitely sets them up to become in third in the group mm-hmm. as well. Uh, finally getting some separation from TSC after drawing their first leg with them. But as we go to the halfway point, West Ham fans were not happy with their performance. I got a message from one of my buddies who's a West Ham fan in a group chat. He said, Wow, how do we suck this much? Can we talk about <clears throat> how West Ham didn't have a great game? I guess I felt sort of whatever about them. I mean, like they rotated six players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Ying started up top. Yeah, they weren't great, but they also shouldn't have. Lost. I mean, they uh, statistically speaking, they were unlucky to lose. Mm-hmm. They had uh, you know the higher xG in the game in the fir- including in the first half when they went into the breakdown two nil. Um, they were both the I looked it up the combined I did a little math David the combined uh xG of their two goals was 0.05 because oh, um, one was from uh a nice move to be sure mm-hmm. the captain um Costas Fortunus yeah Fortunus had he a little bit of Fortunus a little bit of Fortune about, about it because he I mean it was, I, don't, I don't it's hard to tell how intentional it was but he toe pokes it into the bottom corner past Areola. It looks impressive. At first, it looks like he sort of hit with the outside of the boot, um, but it looks pretty definitively to be the toe. So only he will know um, if he meant to to boot that with his toe or not. Mm-hmm. The second goal um, near the end of the first half is a cross in that uh, skips off the turf. It's tough to deal with, but it's going straight into Ariola's arms. And uh, captain, speaking of captains today, <laughs> he cap- he's a captain he, out there. Wow. Um, Magbana, you know, long term hammer. Um, who doesn't really play anymore except in the Europa and the conference leagues for some reason mm-hmm. um, in the group stages. Um, he got in there, he got a touch on the ball that sends it past Areola. Um, it's a really poor effort from him. He just sort of flails it. It's a real like uh, worst case Harry Maguire yeah. type of move. Um, and I don't know, maybe Areola needs to call him off too, but yeah, it's not, it's, it's not an impressive look for him. Um, and it kind of put the game out of reach, even though, you know, they had a little bit of a go of it in the second half and, but Somewhat. not enough, not enough to deserve uh, coming back into it. Yeah. And it's not to say like 
I don't think West Ham played particularly well, though. I thought there were a lot of issues, particularly offensively. And this was much more true in the first 60 minutes than after they made the substitutions and brought on a lot of... Yeah, guys. they brought on their heavy hitters. Yeah, um, more the first team players like Pat Pat half, and yeah. Bowen coming on, I thought were... And Antonio yeah. as well. Um, But offensively, just the connection between the midfield, the defense and the attack, they were all very stagnant. No one was really making runs between the lines. It was very hard to create space for them. And I thought they just like had difficulty moving between sections of the field. So it's like they could pass around the back third and pass around the midfield just fine, but then they couldn't find the ball to get them into that and, final third. You know, they didn't have as many transitional moments today. They actually had more of the ball than Olympiacos, which is not a thing mm-hmm. we see in the league with them very yeah. often. So maybe that was a factor. But also I'd, I'd really just chalk this up to like an away day on a Thursday. Yeah, I mean – I just yes. didn't I just think there's, today. Some, there's some issues to be looking at. Having four guys run at the player on ball <laughs> multiple times throughout yeah. the game, there's some of it is likely just because it was such a rotated squad. Yeah, I just don't think they were on trip, it today. But... Um, I'm not freaking out. Um, although if West Ham cares about their 17 game European unbeaten streak, yeah. um, then then as uh, they should, they I mean, should. Yeah, the most impressive. important. It was the most important thing about the club. It's pretty impressive. Um, so and yeah, Olympiagos weren't dominant or anything like that, but you know, they 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 fought hard, they scrapped hard for this win. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a nice one for them, especially um well if you want to go into it, but last weekend the the uh the derby with Panathinaikos had to be called off. Yeah. Um because of you know disruptions. disruptions. <laughs> um we'll say. So uh both Olympiagos and Panathinaikos had home games on Thursday and uh one was more successful than the other. We'll get to we'll get to them. Um, anything else you want to say about this? Uh, no, but I think everything else I have to say connects to this end game. So let's just right. move on to yeah. Let's briefly touch on uh Topolo, to... Baca Topolo Baca Topolo TSC. I'll say TSC. Yeah, that's easy. Um, yeah. Uh, Freiburg visited um yeah. on Thursday and kind of laid an egg for the first half. Um, in Serbia, they uh they conceded in the thirteenth minute. Um, and uh, really weren't, didn't really seem like they were, <laughs> like they felt like taking the ride over, uh, which is fair enough. But uh, yeah, going down 1 0 at the break. Mm-hmm. Bit yeah. of a shock. Everything changed after the first half, yeah. though. I will say, in Tobola's defense, I'm making it sound like they're a bunch of scrubs. They've been, they've played really hard these first yeah. three match days. And they're also like a high-ranking team in Serbia. This mm-hmm. isn't like they come from a tiny country in a tiny league. Like the Serbian league yeah. has some really strong teams in it. Yeah, and remember so that their match, week, match, match day one, they they played West Ham to the death mm-hmm. in London, then yeah. got the result against Olympiacos. So it's not like there's some scrubs. And Freiburg treated them as such for the yeah. first half. Uh, in the second half, a very early mistake from TSC off of a corner, a very needless handball in the box. was The play was going to amount to nothing. Gave Grifo the penalty opportunity, and as always, he converts. Gave the keeper some Grifo. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) He is automatic from the penalty spot at this point in his career, so easy goal, easy tie game for Freiburg, and that opened him up. Uh, Grifo was incredible in the second half. Put together a hat trick, sends Freiburg even up top with West Ham on six points, Mm. and now it's looking like it'll come down to uh, the last match week to see who goes through first and who gets to the bottom. Maybe we'll see. I think Olympiacos could get a result in London next week too, or yeah. next match day. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. something to look out for. Um, in the meantime, let's move to group B. 
um a couple of what, we, what we've uh been called the group of death um and just looking less and less less like and it. less looking <laughs> less and less feisty with every passing week um but let's begin in france um where the ever chaotic marseille defeated aek slash athens three goals to one um this one was a little bit of a mess as you'd expect from a marseille game these days um a red second half red card um when the game was tied at 1-1 uh kind of ended things for the visitors um before that they'd played marseille pretty close mm-hmm. pretty tough um doing what we've talked about them being good at they're not going to have the ball all game but they are going to be really good on counters and set pieces they're going to defend very effectively um but uh, a mistake from the from the athens keeper stankovic pretty much set them up to to gain no points today he gives the ball away to uh as if Really, as if the as if Vitinha on Marseille isn't there. Yeah, it's <laughs> he just absurd. It's he passes so right bad. to him. It's like he's blind to his presence. And then instead of um, you know, it's hard in the moment. Yeah, but he decides. Your, yeah, your instincts take over. His instinct was like, in this case was to, to rugby tackle Vitinha yeah. uh, and concede a penalty and an obvious red card. Where you know, if you go down two one, eleven, at least you get a chance. But two one with ten was basically game over. And then a second penalty converted by Jordan Vera to uh finished up the wrapped up the score line here um so if you just look at the stats you're like wow look at all the marseille xg or whatever but mm-hmm. it's fake that's not fake they still maybe edged the game up to that point but uh not overwhelmingly so yeah i mean they so, had what uh two penalties and then the goal was probably i would assume like a 0.8 or so xg so when you look uh-huh. at that three xg number it's a little misleading half penalties yeah uh, uh more than half penalties and the yeah. first goal was a little bit controversial too, because Vitinha just kind of pushes over the mm-hmm. AK Athens defender uh, mm-hmm. and just. It looks easy like the kind of thing that right Bar there. would usually disallow, mm-hmm. um, even though there wasn't a ton of contact on the no, push. The defender definitely was kind of fallen anyway. It, yeah. But uh, you wouldn't. I don't think anyone would be surprised if that was was given for a foul. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Athens though only themselves to blame in the end. Stankovic will have to do something nice for his teammates this week uh, to make up for that mistake. Um, but yeah, Marseille, big three points for them. Meanwhile, Brighton took care of business uh, 2-0 at home to Ajax, who, what needs to be said about Ajax at this point? It's all, it's, they they lost 5-2 to PSV today. Since then, bottom the return of the, of the Derby. Bottom of the Eredivisie still um, on their worst start to any season ever as a their club. longest run without a win their longest run of losses in a row wow. in club history that's something else this is a their strategy on thursday was to you know an attempt to not concede 20 goals mm-hmm. uh was to park the bus in a very un ix move that i think demonstrates just the extent of the deep shit that they're in yeah um when ix a club is willing to willing to play like that uh you're in some trouble then they did to their credit hold out almost until halftime, but um, a really nice move from the hosts uh, featuring a really nice line breaking ball through to Kaoru Matoma cuts inside, takes a shot saved balls right into Joao Pedro's path. And it's one nil. Um, I managed just one single shot in that first half yeah. and, and finished with one on target in the entire game and an XG of point. Zero two. Yeah. Uh and then Fati at the other side of half seals the game for the goals. Um, who get their first three points in Europe 
Congratulations. Also to Zerbi's first European win. How about Congratulations. that? Yeah, moves yeah. them into uh moves them into a tie for second with mm-hmm. Athens. Currently on the outside because of the tiebreakers, Indeed. but you know, there's still three more so games to play. Headed so in the right direction. Yeah. Um you don't want to get too ahead of yourself in in this these competitions, but yeah. it unless something magically turns around for Ajax in the next two weeks, you'd really favor Brighton's chances to pick up another three points in Amsterdam match day four and then we're really in for an interesting interesting run with mm-hmm. athens hosting marseille anything could happen except for ix qualifying and <laughs> also remember brighton have to go to athens indeed they still as well do. in match week five um and then interesting they host marseille. so ix is only two points off second and third you feel that their european run is probably over yeah, it doesn't feel very uh, good for doesn't them. feel like they're picking up more than maybe one point at best in the next three three match days but we'll mm-hmm. see you never know yeah. Um, crazier things have happened yeah uh what happened in group c well in group c we had sparta and rangers taking off the mantle first and uh this was not the like not the f- most not f- the thrilling f- group no. this uh this this match day sparta and rangers they played to a very exciting very thrilling nil nil draw which didn't see too much created uh sparta were definitely in control for most of the game. Uh, Rangers looked a little lively yeah, late. Sparta but... looked like they were the ones going for, you know, being the home side. Yeah, they um, were definitely the ones going for the victory. Well, Rangers were playing a little more for the draw, but Jack mm-hmm. Butland, easy player of the huh. game. Huh. I mean, Butland. yeah, <laughs> made some incredible saves, especially early. He had a huge double save in the fifth minute. Would have totally set the standard for the game. And mm-hmm. uh, he keeps Rangers alive. And second place again, fighting for the group. Really could come down. To uh, the reverse fixture next week, mm-hmm. um, if Sparta can get anything from Rangers um, at Ibrox, infamously tough place to play in Europe the last few years, we shall see. Meanwhile, uh, Eris Limassol nearly holds Betis to a draw, nil-nil draw as well, but concedes a late winner yeah. um, or this... loser in their case. And you feel for him a little bit like, you know, Betis racked up the chances, but weren't finding the breakthrough. And Eris had, you could say, a pretty brave home performance here um uh, but for, just couldn't get it done still in the group it yeah. should be said for most of the first half eris were on par with betis but as the game wore on i think you saw the difference in quality and the mm-hmm. depth as well when substitution started to be made mm-hmm. that allowed betis to just take yeah. the game eris is tough at home they beat rangers at home um last time out yeah. in the competition so you know they're still alive in this group not to write them off but uh obviously won't be favored yeah so they're currently fourth, but only one point behind Sparta and yep. Rangers. Who are it's all to play second. for in Group C. In Group, Group D. D. Mm-hmm. This one started off with uh, Sporting and Rakow from Poland, but very, Again, very early in the game. a reminder game. in their first European campaign. Yes. In, in a group stage, yeah. Very, very early, very difficult decision for the referee. It's what, the seventh or eighth minute when Gilkares accidentally, I think it's pretty clear it was accidental, stomps on... A rock out player. Definitely accidental. Yeah. He's not. His foot slipping a little bit. He's yeah. not. What? He's yeah. not lining it up or anything. And what's tough it about it is that. Step right on the ankle. He's not that high is the thing. Mm-hmm. It's the, the rack out player's foot is turned diagonally. Um, and so has exposed his, you know, Achilles. Yeah. Um, so in another world, like he's standing upright, he steps on his, he misses, steps on top of his foot, gets a yellow. But just because it creeps up towards that ankle and Achilles, um, he gets himself sent off in the fourth minute. 
or in the eighth minute, excuse me, which is super unfortunate for me. This is like the, for those people arguing for the sin bin in football, um, like they have in rugby, this would be an example of that, like an orange card where it's not where it's like super dangerous, but it's completely incidental and you feel for him getting sent off there. I think, I think Mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, obviously he would have deserved a yellow anyway, but it is a bit harsh, um, understandable, but harsh. Yeah, yeah, I don't envy the referees who have to make decisions in that case. It's a difficult one. uh, Despite the red card, Sporting struck first. Sebastian Cuatez, always dangerous on set pieces. He rose highest on a corner in the 13th minute to put Sporting ahead, and uh, things looked a little shaky for Raquel for a bit. But as it progressed, you know, it's 11 versus 10, and Raquel were able to take control of the game back, and they thoroughly controlled play after the Cuatez header. Uh, they ended up with 2.47 XG on 18 shots and only managed one goal from that. Took all the way to the 80th minute for them to find that equalizer. Yeah, only uh, there was a lot of sporting ended up uh, getting deeper and deeper into their box here. Um, and, you know, by the time Racco really had a firm grasp of the game, sporting were pretty much just in the box, throwing their bodies in front of shots. Uh, I think five block shots uh, from those 18 you mentioned. Racco only got through two through on target. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's being said, Racco missed some golden opportunities, including John Carlos um, in the 48th minute. There's a really nice ball um, from the opposite end of the box. He's sprinting far post. He beats his defender. He beats the goalkeeper. And all he has to do is sort of like pelvis pelvis it in yeah uh but i don't i don't think fatmop even registered this as a shot attempt because he missed it so bad that it didn't count as an an attempt on on goal Um, it didn't come off of a typical shooting spot like it came it didn't come off like his foot or his head it was mm -hmm. just like came off his stomach stomach. yeah yeah so so a bit but i don't he was literally two yards out from goal with the whole goal to aim at and just sort of squirts it wide (laughs) Um, yeah, a miss so bad they didn't even register it as a shot. Um, I was wondering where I was looking for it. I was like, the XG on this must have been so high. Didn't even record it as a shot. Um, but yeah, after they, they did eventually find that breakthrough in the 79th minute. It was a clever one. Um, sneaky little vertical pass, breaks into the box, and then a diagonal ball across the face of goal for a tap-in. 1-1. Um, one, one. They were determined to score a winner and nearly did a minute later, but it was deemed offside. Um and yeah, Sporting did enough throwing their bodies in front um, to earn a big point. Mm-hmm. Um, Rakai will feel, I think, bittersweet about this because, you know, going into the match, you're like, you know, you take 1-1, you take a point. Absolutely. Against uh, against Lisbon. But, you know, given that they had the entire game basically to play a man up and accumulated as many chances as they did, um, they might feel they let two points slip away here and remain bottom of the table with one point. Yeah. But this is a very, very tough group as uh, this was their chance. This is Rakow's chance to get back into this group. Yeah. Uh, Finishing second is probably not happening, but you know, you'd have to say, you you know, maybe you get a result against Sturm Graz as your way to get back. Mm -hmm. Greatest try to find a way into third. But I think after this, their, their hopes of advancing, or long gone. Yeah, or you hope Atalanta lock it up early and rest yeah. players against you. Mm-hmm. But speaking of Sturmgras and Atalanta, they met 
in. I don't know if you want to play out Atalanta's backups because then you have to play Luis Maria, yeah. who <laughs> was on who's on, on the today. double today. Two goals from Luis Muriel, but Atalanta could not find a way to seal the deal, and they end up with a two-two draw against the Austrian side Sturm Graz. Yeah, this is true. Uh, <laughs> Sturm Graz, I just want to point out, are top of the league right now in Austria, one point clear above their rivals Red Bull um, Salzburg. Uh, Sturm Graz took Salzburg, you'll remember, down to the final uh, match days of the season last year. Couldn't quite pip them for the title, but they're a very consistent team. The last couple of years, they play really nice football. Um, and they open the scoring with a really crazy deflection. Um, yeah. but Adelanta quickly responded with a really nice goal. Uh, he uh steps over, passes a defender who is I don't remember which defender it was, but it was really poor. He basically he lunges like a 12 year old, completely yeah, misses, but then Muriel uh you know, inside foots it bottom corner uh, for about 18 yards out. That's really nice. Uh, then, you know, then we get a penalty um, in the 47th minute. Yeah, it was. Um, I definitely wrote the name down wrong because he's it's not Stankovic. No, that was the other. That yeah, you were thinking of the other game. game. Yeah. Um, but in. He just leaves. I can't remember who the defender is now, but he leaves his arm way away from his body mm-hmm. and he's not trying to arm like knock the ball away but it does go right off his arm i think Very he looks clear it looks like thought. he it's it's like if he had just kept his hands at the side of his body you're not giving that mm-hmm. well who knows these days yeah. but instead he sort of like puts it out like a yard just as the ball is passing which is really the one thing you can't do yeah. uh fair penalty to concede um and uh, Atalanta retakes the lead before the end of the half. Yeah. And shortly after the half, things get even better for Let's Atalanta. Get, it's get a little spicy. Yeah. It was uh, Hirlander in the 52nd minute just uh, grabs onto, I think he, I think it's Kolasinic. It might be Jim City. Uh, he just, he turns the ball over near the Atalanta goal and then just grabs the player and kind of spins him around to try to 80 yards from their own, from yeah. their own box, just prevent any type of counter, but he was already on a yellow. Yeah. And he's just... the captain. Yep. <laughs> what is he doing? I don't know what was going through his mind there. What it's is he doing? Childish, silly play. And yeah, he got the yellow right after the penalty goal. So in the 45 yeah. plus eight yeah. minute of the first half, I mean, yeah. just so within 10 minutes, less than 10 minutes of actual game time, yeah. he's got himself sent off from silly yellows. Um, really put really put him up against it. But I have to say, they responded really well mm-hmm. to being down for those last 40 minutes, and they played really hard. And they eventually got their reward, uh, a penalty of their own in the 80th. Um, sent the crowd into a frenzy. Really good atmosphere at Sturmgras. They always have some crazy, uh, crazy like fireworks and shit going on. Um, yeah, it was really loud. Uh, the place was rocking. They'll be thrilled with that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was one of those where I think the uh, going down a man almost benefited them because it forced them to sit back a little bit and they couldn't open up for Atalanta to break through. Because Atalanta are so good and so dangerous when they're able to play quickly. And Sturm Graz just forced the game to slow down when they were down to 10 men, relaxed their play a little bit, sat a little deeper, and Atalanta just couldn't really find a way through that. Uh, but then a kind of similar penalty to the Atalanta one, definitely a little bit closer of a penalty because it's just off a of back heel and his arm's definitely closer to his body, but still a penalty. Kolasinic just 
leaves his arm dangling again. You got to know where your arms are. If you can't dangle. Box. You can't dangle. You can't dangle. Uh, yeah, Sturm Graz celebrated like they won a trophy. Mm-hmm. Nice scenes for them. They're still in the mix for second place, tied mm-hmm. with Sporting. What, four points? Atalanta have the group in the palm of their hands right now. Indeed. Points. Group E. Liverpool five to lose one. This was a this was a game with a lot of action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean Liverpool obviously rotate in the Europa League. We were talking about depth with them at the start of the season. Everybody was worried about their depth, yeah. especially in the midfield. It seems to be okay. Yeah, it seems, seems to be pretty, pretty good. I think the late Robin Birch loan has been really nice. Huge. He's looked like he's looked pretty calm. He's looked like the his, player uh, that Bayern signed. Right? Yeah, like the, that promising youngster who is just a couple steps away from really breaking out but mm-hmm. impressed with him so far uh he you know he doesn't have to step into the squad and be a star right away in the first 11 and he has this opportunity in the Europa League to kind of show his show off a little bit um this was always going to be a tough ask for the Coupe de France champions mm-hmm. um but uh to their credit they tried to play a little bit they were a little braver out of possession than I thought they would have been maybe mm-hmm. to a fault yeah um but uh and you know they did get a reward here. There, there was a big mistake on the in the Liverpool high line. Trent not jumping with the rest of the line, which caused an absolute always caused an absolute frenzy with the commentators about <laughs> they commentators still after all these years cannot get used to the Klopp high line. And every yeah. time one of the back line makes a mistake and leaves somebody on for like a for in on goal, they freak out and talk about how Liverpool. They did. They just wonder. Can't shouldn't they just put the line back a little bit? Shouldn't they just put it back a little bit? Like it's so risky. I'm like, well, they've had pretty a lot of success with it in the last eight years. So maybe, uh, maybe you don't know what you're fucking talking about. Also, you lose all the benefits. The whole point of playing that way, they they don't play. Yeah. The, yeah, the, you can't get the structure of the, with a back yeah. line with a deep back line because yeah. then there's too much space. The huge for them gap to play in the into. midfield. That, that's you the, need he, a high line yeah. in order to compress the space. The whole system is built around it, so it's not like they can yeah. just like push the line back ten yards to be safer. That's not how it works. I also think because it was a Trent mistake that yeah. commentators love to point out when he makes mistakes, so they yeah. can talk and make it look like how smart yeah. they are when they point yeah. out that Trent's actually a really bad defender. So it was Trent's mistake like, to to, that to not jump, point. but it was also on Gomez for. For coming in with a shit clumsy challenge mm-hmm. um that got nowhere near the ball anyway so toulouse got their goal which is a, uh, in response to jota's really nice solo goal in the ninth minute mm-hmm. um and that was honestly a, worth the trip for the toulouse fans who had a fucking great time oh yes, um, they did scoring at anfield how many times they can get to see that in their lifetimes um it's the first so <laughs> maybe never again <laughs> so really cool moment for them um but then uh, you know, Endo and Nunez add second and thirds for Liverpool before halftime. They look like they're pulling away. Toulouse almost benefits from a huge Kelleher mistake on the other side of halftime. But uh, Suazo, the left back, completely, completely blows the finish. TAA makes up for his mistake here, racing back to the goal to knock it to knock away the attempt. But Suazo literally just has to hit anywhere in the goal that's not Trent Alexander-Arnold, and he hits Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yep. Um, and that was their one big chance to keep the game close. Instead, uh, Liverpool find two more before the end, including the funniest assist of all time from Darwin Nunez, uh, which is only as good as it is because he does so incredibly well yeah. by and... absolutely destroying the last defender, puts him on the floor. He rounds the keeper. He has literally the entire goal to aim for, and he hits the post. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> the most Darwin thing ever. And of course, it falls to Graven Birch. 
um, yeah. who cleans it up for him and counts as an assist. <laughs> it did not count. No, it didn't count as no. an assist. Never mind. No, no, no. If it hits the post, it comes oh, okay. off. No, I saw a funny thing that uh, a meme where it's uh, Darwin looking, staring down the post, and it's a reflection of Gravenberch. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, and the pass is on." Uh, and of course, the game couldn't end without Salah coming off the bench and scoring mm-hmm. uh, a romp in the end. But, you know, a few moments of diciness, as there always seems to be with the Reds. Yeah. Um, but a fun one. And Liverpool looks pretty good. Yeah, they do. They look like they could be favorites. And then at the bottom end of the table in this group. Union 2 won Lask. This was a thrilling ending. Um with a lot at stake in this group, um, in Group E, you know, second place up for grabs. Toulouse getting a result at Saint Jouaz, beating Lask. Lask really needed this win, and they were so close to getting it. They're up one nil up to the 84th minute, um, when uh, they conceded a penalty, or just before that they conceded the penalty. It was really silly, um, Really silly, just leaving a leg out in the box. I'm not sure what he's doing, what the defender is doing. Um, uh, it's the center back, Lucanetta. Lucanetta. Um, he just like leaves a leg dangling, uh, for no particular yep. reason, and it costs them the three points. Um, but then Saint Jules weren't done. They had ambitions to go and win it, and they just about did it in the final minute of added time with a brilliantly whipped in free kick to the far post. Delirium. And an enormous result. They jumped to second in the table. Last hopes of qualification all but lost. And, of course, it was Christian Burgess, the English center back, playing for Union saint Joao. Been there a really long time now. I think he was the there when they were back down in the second division. The Mensch. Six foot five. He scored two or three goals last year in Europe, all from set pieces. I mean, he's just so dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it's a game-changing type of player to have in your back line when you can score like that. One of the few guys they have left from the last, from the, from their, from their years past. Yeah. The team has changed over so much. We have been talking about how they were a little bit out of form to start the year. Mm -hmm. Finally, all these changes caught up to them, but they've completely gotten it together the last month or so. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of wins in a row. They've soared four points clear at the top of the Belgian league. Um, They look really strong, but last was the one who had the better start today. Um, they found some chances early and eventually that opening goal. Um, but Union was really in control of, you know, of the ball and the chances from there, particularly in the second half. But it did just took them a while to do it. Yeah, you um, talk about their form growing in their last eight games. They have seven wins mm-hmm. and their one loss was on the road to Liverpool. Yeah. So even and a I, team like Manchester City would take that form. Yeah. And I see you've uh, highlighted indeed that Lask had some of the worst jerseys of the year. Oh, my God. They were all very pink, very, very, pink. very pink. So um, pink, very bright pink, like a highlighter pink, but also deep. Like it wasn't like a, I don't know how to describe it. It was bad. It was a bright, deep, real bad. Yeah. Liverpool, perfect to top the table. St. Joel's Toulouse on four. Lask, all but eliminated with none. Group F um, has been a surprisingly competitive one. Not surprising in the sense that, you know, Obviously, Ren and Villarreal are difficult competitors, mm-hmm. but you know, Tel Aviv, Maccabi Tel Aviv is not a bad fourth team. Yeah. And Panathinaikos, you know, we had some positive feelings about coming into this. Turns out totally justified. Panathinaikos yeah. is kind of good. They're they just like good. Very, very strong in the group yeah. so far. They unfortunately, though, lost 2 1 hosting Ren today. Mm-hmm. Um, 
a really fantastic result for Ren, um, considering how tough it is to go play in Panathinaikos right now. And I have to say, though, Panathinaikos were still probably on balance the better team for, uh, for you know, style of play. Um, Ren were probably wise to be a little bit more cautious than usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Panathinaikos really want to contrast one of the press and control the pace of the game. Um, and I mean, for the most part they did, they, they, except yeah. that they went down two nil. <laughs> yeah. I thought, so, I mean, that's what do I know? Ren though, is that they have so much attacking talent, so much creativity, a lot of players who can finish that even if you think you're playing really well against them, mm-hmm. they can still score two goals out of almost nothing. I mean, the first goal Enzo Lafay's, not that close to the box and just whips in a perfect cross. Mm-hmm. I just finds the head of Guiri who heads it home, but he it's... had a game Guiri. Yeah. Cause was... just a few minutes later, he had, he nearly had a second. Um, he smashed a long hit from outside the box off the post. Um, this was still like 15 minutes in. So, yeah. um, really spicy. Uh, you know, Ren had some, we had some defensive concerns. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't, you know, fully dealt with necessarily but Ren did just about enough to uh keep the Greeks off the score sheet more than once um and hold on to a really impressive 2-1 win here yeah I thought Panathinaikos did a good job offensively but yeah it was a not a pretty showing from Ren's back line that allowed Panathinaikos to look so good I don't know I think I thought I I thought Belosian who's I mean he's like 18 so I'm not gonna read into it but he and omari just didn't make a good parent in my mind and once teot came on i thought they looked a lot safer. i know you got your little teot fetish i do but I it was just i just thought belsians wasn't the player yeah. to pair with omari i don't but, think i would have backed ren to to get all three points in this game ahead of time so fair. so I, I think this is a really good win for them it takes them top of the table um and it's you know vrl continues sucking maybe yeah. their toughest fixture um but uh yeah vrl didn't play this week um, yeah, obviously it. what's going on in the Middle East right now, Israeli teams are shut down right now. Not really sure what's going to happen with that. They're tentatively rescheduled to play between match week five and match uh-huh. week six. Are they going to play elsewhere, I assume? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, things could change. I hear it's Ukraine a, is open. Yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, open stadium on Thursdays. It's an evolving situation. So uh-huh. we'll let you know. So, yeah. In the meantime, Ren and Panathinaikos have played a game extra then Villarreal and Maccabi Haifa. Let's move on to Group G then, mm-hmm. where uh, Roma was able to defeat Slavia Prague in a 2-0 affair, not the most thrilling of matches. Whoa, shocker. Yeah. Uh, Roma jumped on them early with a first-minute goal from Bove and a 17th-minute goal from Lukaku. It wasn't like they had any other shots during that time. Those were their only two shots at that point. Yeah. And remained so for quite some time. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, nobody nobody ended up with a ton of bright chances after those opening goals. Um, Roma was comfortable to hang on to that advantage and get a, get their clean sheet. Yeah, Roma just kind of sat back and said, yeah. we're up to, I don't think we'll concede. Yep. And uh, I don't care about that game because it's boring. Yeah. So let's move on to another boring game. Yeah, in- Sheriff won, Servette won. Um, Servette might feel a little hard done that they weren't able to hold on to the three points here. Uh, Sheriff returned in the 80th minute to get their equalizer um and uh keep that group a little bit open for for a third those teams both with a point each through three this was Servette's first goal in Europe this year mm-hmm. uh, so they're 
finally addressing their attacking issues a little bit, but mm-hmm. not enough. I mean, you need to be scoring two goals to. But that said, you know, they got the result on the road. If they beat Sheriff back at home, they'll go right. through third. Yeah. Um. So we'll see. We'll see in match week, match day four. And Group H. Be, yeah. Uh, we had a couple of five-one thrashings, mm. uh, from both uh Leverkusen and Molda over Karabag and Heckian, respectively. Let's start in Germany, where Leverkusen was just flying out of the gate. Um, and, yeah, I mean, what what needs to be said about them? They're completely dominant. They're so fun to watch. They almost had their first goal less than 30 seconds in. Instead, it took them four. Uh, Four minutes, not four seconds. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Uh, Florian Verts, of course, player of the match. Not only did he score the opener, he had three assists. He's a special talent. And this is uh, just like it's, it was such an easy game for Leverkusen. I mean, if everything they executed was to perfection, if you mm-hmm. want to watch Xabi's tactics and be like, oh, what's the next manager of Real Madrid going to look like? Just go watch this game. They're, they're so good at doing that. Like there's something Pasta Coglu is really good at too, Pasta Coglu mm-hmm. teams, but ma- that like manufactured transition yeah, um, where you actually have the ball in possession, but it looks like transition because you've got you've you know, played through the lines in a particular way and get a numerical advantage. And Leverkusen are really, you know, are, are good at that. They're good at actual counterattacking when they don't have the ball. But in a game like this, they can build up. Yeah. Um, we've really got everything right now. And they're everyone's firing on all cylinders. My favorite moment of the game was when Karabag got kind of a lucky 16th minute penalty, um, which equalized the game at the time. And they celebrated huge. Yeah. And I was like, guys, <laughs> maybe don't get too excited <laughs> for the next 75 minutes. And that was correct. Um, yeah, it was three, one and a half, five, one at the death. Um, Boniface scored a beauty. Grimaldo scored two and including one beauty. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boniface has a real Darwin Nunez skill where he'll miss his easiest chance and score his hardest. Um, but yeah, he continues to be impressive. Xhaka had the stupidest moment (laughs) of the game and was also great. Otherwise, like Xhaka, he, he was the one who conceded the penalty by, and he sort of like passed it in the box backwards to a Karabag player and then tackled him. <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> like, very weird. It was like, it was like 2021 Arsenal Shaka. Um, but 2023 Leverkusen Shaka otherwise seems like he's playing the best football of his career. He's like fit in like a glove. He just provided them exactly what they needed. Uh, yeah. The aggressiveness defensively, the like tempo control. That yeah. They were tactically he's been fantastic, but also he like, looks like he's playing some of his best technical Football yeah, that I've I mean, ever he was seen. Really, really good last year. I mean, so. other than on Switzerland, he's always yeah. good on Switzerland. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. He's had a little resurgence over the last couple of years. Last year was one of his best years for Arsenal, and then yeah, now he looks even like yeah, he took a step interesting. Forward. Anyway, they're still awesome. Uh, meanwhile, at the bottom of Group H, Molda uh, rescued their campaign here with the five-one beatdown of uh, Scandinavian neighbors Hekian. Um, Molda, you know seems like a team that should be better than they are. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, they have a coach that wants to play a specific style of like exciting football. Um, they're many times Nor- Norwegian champions, mm-hmm. but instead they find themselves languishing outside of the European places in their, in their league right now, which um, is closing in on its end. It's right? almost over. Bodo looks like they're going to win it. Um, they're in like fifth or sixth. Yeah, fifth place right now. Yeah, but outside of the European qualifying spots, so we might there is very possible we don't see them in Europe next year. Yeah. Um, and you know, so this was kind of a toss up. Hekian isn't in their greatest ever form either. I think they're in third. Um, 
And if you looked at the stats without looking at the scoreline, you'd be like, all right, 17 shots to 21, eight on target to seven, 1.9 XG to 1.5. Pretty balanced game. But <laughs> Molda scored five amazing goals. <laughs> yeah. And Heckian scored one amazing goal <laughs> and almost two. Um, first of all, literally nobody was at this game. <laughs> I guess Molda yeah. fans have had enough because they didn't show up for this one yeah, on a Thursday. Too. It was completely empty. Probably pretty chilly there. Yeah, the ground, yeah, probably pretty chilly. Uh uh again seemed happy though to uh be second to every 50 50 ball um and that eventually or eventually six minutes in helped mold to start producing all this joy uh you know it it's a really lovely first goal for molda but it takes advantage of some opt- optional defending i think on Hekin's part um it's a cutback etc cetera, etc cetera, great skill but then the goals really start to pile in david because mm-hmm. uh we get one ripped from inside um, rips off the inside post from the outside of the box off a counter. Um, then we have probably the the pick of the bunch. Um, two from the captain Ikram, but one where he's like on the left side of the box, like like four yards maybe off the edge of the eighteen, and then just laces it into the in, into the opposite top corner mm-hmm. um, from a set piece position. Um, Heckian hit the post on on a huge mm-hmm. bender from you know this 18 year old swede named sonko yeah he looked really really good today he was the one who equalized from the in in the 21st yeah, minute on and, the counter that you were talking about right but um he looks like a really promising young guy mm-hmm. um and he had a couple of he he burned some molda defenders all day um again could have had more but in the end it's molda who found clinical finish after clinical finish yeah. um yeah, Heckin might feel hard done, but I don't think they deserved anything from this game. No, and I do think if you're they thinking that about bad. next week, you're yeah. like, okay, Heckin were actually some a lot more competitive than the scoreline would indicate. On a normal like, day, this Sweden. probably would have been a tighter game. Yeah, but you know they, but they also uh, have themselves to blame for some of the, you know, lack of, um, you know, again, I think they they looked lethargic on a lot of 50-50 balls. Um, their defensive positioning wasn't always that good. And, you know, they didn't do enough to step out to these guys who were hitting bangers. Yeah. So you, so you reap what you sow. Mm-hmm. Um, and Hekian fall definitively to last place in the group. And that's that the Europa means, League. Yeah. So group H, uh, Leverkusen on nine points, Carbag on six, Molda on three, and Hekin on zero. Indeed. Why don't so we move to the we, conference league? Yeah. Well, before we do, I just want to point out there's three teams that are oh, I see. perfect so far. Yeah, a bit. Uh, uh, Roma, Leverkusen, and Liverpool, mm-hmm. which fell very predictable. Roma, I saw, was this is the first time they've ever won their first three games in a European campaign. Yeah. They which is like, really surprising, they, considering how often they've been in these second and third tier competitions recently. Yeah. And they just, it seems like they love making things difficult for themselves, but... But their group is bad. Now so. they're doing it in Syria instead of in... But they have Europe. arguably the worst group in yes. the Europa League. Yeah. So and, uh, uh, that'll help. That'll, Liverpool and Leverkusen just look incredible. In yeah, we said so at far, the top so. before the tournament started there that there are two favorites, and mm-hmm. they remain so. Yeah, and I think... I think most and we deserve will... a tie between those two. How yeah. fun would that be? Oh, that'd be great. I think most people would have put Roma third or maybe fourth behind Brighton or not West Not me, Ham, baby. But, yeah. <laughs> not me. Not you. Uh, so it's not that surprising that they're uh-huh. also undefeated right now. Well, let's yeah. move to the game of the day, which happened in the Europa Conference League. Mm-hmm. That would be Kikoksvik 3-0. Olympia, Ljubljana, they've done it. They've, they've done it. They won it. a game. They won a game in a group stage. And, boy, do they deserve it. Oh, yeah. uh, they really hammered Olympia. Uh, Olympia. 
Um, although Olympia did uh, miss an enormous chance to go ahead two minutes in a one-on-one with the keeper. That's completely wasted. Um, but after that, you have to say he deserved everything they got a uh, brilliant cross from the home side uh, edged them in front. And then a really fantastic individual goal from Klexard. One of the, one of the better ones you've seen mm-hmm. today or on Thursday uh, sees them up two by halftime. He sort of like cuts the ball behind his back, yeah. buries it opposite corner with his left foot stellar goal. Um, yeah, and then they scored with the corner on the other side of the half. And, you know, it was done like with 45 minutes to go. Yeah. 40 minutes to go. Very impressive from the Faroese. Um, and of course, who created two of those goals with assists? It was Arnie Fredericksburg. Oh, he's been the we love star Arnie. of this. We love Arnie team in Europe so far. We love Arnie. And Klickstard, the goal scorer, he was just outside the Faroese team this last call up. So ducks. Maybe, maybe this will help. Yeah, definitely looking to get yeah. back in there. Um, he really have to beat Olympia again next match day if, if they want a chance. They because remember they have to finish second to go through, and Slovan is on six. They're on four. Mm-hmm. Still have one more game against Slovan back in the Faroe Islands, though. Yeah. So uh, something to look out for there within and a shout. They were very competitive in the first game. They were only lost one nil in Czechia. They were within a shout, and they were helped out by Lille today, who came from behind at home again <laughs> uh, to uh, beat Slovan Bratislava two to one, including a late winner from Remy Cabello. Yeah, Lille, like, they're playing pretty strong teams, mm-hmm. but they just don't look like very good they haven't been good but they they have not been good yeah points like they're on seven points they're fine yeah they'll qualify who do they lose points to he He clocks fix yeah uh they didn't look great again they haven't you just said that um whatever well i'm not interested in them until they have to face a little bit of adversity yeah um and they have to take this group seriously which hasn't happened yet group b which uh highlighted by the only game going on was ghent and brethoblik who were getting their asses kicked five to nothing i mean it's also i i made a mistake uh in the europa league i should say i said maccabi tel aviv i meant maccabi maccabi haifa yeah maccabi tel aviv is in this group b in the conference league it is a little confusing that the israelis decided to name all their teams maccabi Maccabi or betar (laughs) but yeah 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 uh it's a little confusing but uh it's not their i mean it is their fault for doing that yeah idiots uh Uh, but ghent looked Really, really strong yeah. against Breath of Blake. Gent are better than Breath of Blake. That's uh, maybe not controversial to say. I will say Breath of Blake have had a few games in the in this group stage so far where they've actually racked up some chances. Mm-hmm. I think they did the same thing in, in Israel a few, like a month ago. Yeah. Um, And just don't, just can't defend. <laughs> like, they also didn't score today, but they did have, you know, 1.3 XG. You know. yeah. um, they could have well, they, could, they were good for a goal or two today. Um, but yeah, their their hopes of qual their long shot hopes of qualification, unlike Key, are uh, have fallen by the wayside. Yeah. Uh, Group C saw uh, Astana go and steal a rare away win in this competition mm-hmm. um, in Balkani, two one, and Dinamo Zagreb, the shock loss at home to Victoria Pilsen. Not a shock loss because Victoria Pilsen is good, but, but you know at home you don't yeah, expect, you expect to be losing Zagreb as Dinamo Zagreb. Um, and you know, that, uh, puts them at some risk in this group as Pilsen perfect through three games, um, shoots to the top of the table. Zagreb falls, uh, still in second, but a level on three points with Balkani and Astana, Mm -hmm. um, all with just one win and two losses through three. So they should be the favorite still to qualify. They should be the best team, but they haven't looked great so far. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, you know, they uh, they lost to Balkani. So <laughs> anything yeah. is possible. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. And they still have to go to Astana. So yeah, fuck so that. Chance to maybe drop more points yeah, there. Yeah, almost they, certain to drop more points yeah. there. And if they end up on six, it's yeah, that could be difficult. Nobody wins in Astana. No. Um, well, except Pilsen. Except Pilsen. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to Group D. Lugano, Lugano 1, Club Brugge 3. Brugge continue to look like one of the more uh, impressive teams in this competition. That being said, they didn't play great today. No, but they were very clinical. Uh, yeah, they did. They, I was surprised Lugano actually had more of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they would be sort of up against it a little more than they were. Um, but yeah, Brugge had a lot of, I think, blocked shot or shots blocked against them today. Um, let me confirm that to make sure I'm not talking out of my ass. Never mind. It was only three. So they just were inefficient um, yeah. and also efficient at the same time and <laughs> how they found their offense and goals. And, you know, sometimes on the road, you got to grind something out. Yeah. And if you need another great goal to go watch, Scott Olsen scored the second. Scott. We love Scott. For, uh, oh, it was a wonderful goal. He's good. He was let go by Bologna. Yeah, like, I, he's good. He's, he's a really good player. He's good. He would start on Bologna yeah. right now. Uh, yeah. And uh, other game in Group D was Bodo Glimt against Besiktas. And the raw campaign for Besiktas continued. They mm. traveled to Norway. They lose this one by the score of three to one, just like yeah. the other game. Turkey and... is leading the coefficient so far in Europe. It is not because of Besiktas. No, it is not. Besiktas is dead last in this group with one point. Yeah. And the goal they got was a late consolation mm-hmm. own goal from Bodo Glimt, who maybe felt bad. <laughs> they were like, it's Norwegian hospitality coming through. Yeah. Like, take Fair a goal, enough. Take a goal. Fair enough. And, you know, we've talked about Bodo losing some of their edge in possession mm-hmm. and attack in the past year or so yeah. since their two really exciting runs um, in Europe. But they're starting to really, I mean, they're top of the, their league mm-hmm. um, with only a few rounds to go. Um, or maybe just, uh, maybe it's almost over. I don't even know. I think they got five or six more games. That many? Yeah. I think they play, well, they play 30. Uh-huh. So they have five more. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Six points clear, Game five to go. Game and yeah, they 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 look pretty like a pretty sure thing for the title. Um, then they look like they got some of their swag back in Europe, too. They they were they were uh a lot more, I'd say, progressive in the final third yeah. than we've seen. One of our big complaints for them in qualifying and the early group stage games was that everything was coming through Pellegrino. It was like the only place they could find a goal. The only place they could create anything was by going through Pellegrino on the left. And yes, three non Pellegrino goals today. Yeah. And yes, two of the goals did come from the left side and Pellegrino was involved in them, but Ron Beck was getting forward and being really dangerous. Sorley was uh, very, very dangerous. He tried a curler a couple of times. He scored another goal that was ruled offside. So uh, Bodo Glimp, they were creating from all over the field, finally. This felt like the first time all year that we'd seen them play like a complete game. In Europe, anyway. Front. Yeah. We're not watching their games in Norway every week. Sorry yeah. to admit it. But um, yeah, in Europe, the first time felt like we'd seen the whole front three or four play well together yeah. and not just rely on yeah. all the play for one through three in this group. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, group E saw arguably uh, the... Uh, before kickoff, the match of the day mm-hmm. in the conference league. Last year's semifinalist, Izzy Algmar, hosting Aston Villa uh, in place of their challengers last year, West Ham, with the same colors. Um, they got thrashed. Uh, they've yeah. been really, really good in the league this year, Alkmaar. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it just wasn't happening for them today. You know, they're 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 second. Um, yeah, just five points behind with the game in hand. PSG, PSV, been winning a lot of games. Um, Only one draw. Nothing really went right for them today. They went down four nil, just fifty five minutes into the game, um, and ten minutes into the second half. Uh, Aston Villa were crazy clinical. Some really nice goals. Leon Bailey to start him off. The really good finish outside the box. A really fantastic ball from John McGinn. Um, He diagonally threw to Tielemans, who I will... Just a quick word about Tielemans. He's a guy, I think, to look out for in this competition. He hasn't... You know, he moved from Leicester this summer as they got relegated. He hasn't cracked their first 11 just yet, but we've seen the quality that he demonstrated at Leicester, you know, basically single-handedly winning them the FA Cup a year and a half ago with a beautiful hit from long range. Um, really technically talented player. And I've just sort of been waiting for him to break out at yeah. Villa. Um, hasn't done it, but I think the Conference League is perfect opportunity for him to really show off and get some confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're rotating in a guy like that and a guy like Leon Bailey at, at this in this this level of competition, that's kind of frightening. Yeah. I also thought Leon Bailey's speed was game-changing today. I mean, yeah. he was constantly pushing that back line mm-hmm. further further and further back, uh, making a lot of space for the rest of Aston yeah. Villa to operate in. And John McGinn has been yeah. so good the last couple of match weeks. I haven't really seen Aston Villa's domestic performances, so I don't know if they've been good. Is, has has John McGinn been this good? I mean, John McGinn is always a little bit of he's the captain. Yeah. So he's, yeah. so he's a, and he's so he's the one thing you'll man. always get from John McGinn is absolute work horsemanship. Mm-hmm. He is very Scottish. He he's always b- brilliant for Scotland. It seems like he and unlike uh. Scott McTominay doesn't suck at his club too. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he, he'll he'll surprise you with like his technical, yeah, um, abilities at times, especially when he hits like a long range effort. Um, and I don't know if ever anyone would ever consider him like, you know, a top four level talent, but he's grinded out so many good performances over the years that it's hard for me to say that he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, and he's over um, two hundred caps for Aston Villa now. Yeah, he's so. been a he's been a club legend you might even say and, uh, uh yeah aston villa sit fifth in the league by the way yeah so they're looking very strong domestically and european performances a little slow at the start but they're catching up picking up, up learning how to handle the the midweek yeah. thursday type of and fixture having a guy like emery is going to really help that meanwhile in bosnia drinsky took on legia and uh the winner here actually would be in a really great place for qualification, which was surprising coming in. This was expected to be kind of a, uh, like the two bottom teams, likely on zero points coming in here. But both teams already had a win, and Drinsky opened things up with Bilbaia. I don't know his name, but the commentator said he was a Bosnian legend. Yeah, he so was. I believe him. Yeah, he was. Uh, he t- completely lost his man. He Great movement, got himself free, easy header uh-huh. into the goal. Uh, Legia equalized. Almost immediately off the ensuing kickoff, got right down to the byline, put the ball in a dangerous spot in front of goal, mm-hmm. and it was his own goal turned in. How about but, that? Uh, Drinsky couldn't clear it. It was a uh, became a little bit cagier in the second half, but Kramer scored the winner in the 63rd, barely, and I mean barely. I thought he was offside by a mile at first, but great timing on that run to beat the offside trap and score with again an open header. For this time for Legia though, and uh, Drinsky had two goals ruled off for offsides. Yeah. The last goal they concede is like the narrowest onside possible. 
they have to sometimes feel... it'd be like that yeah this is a big chance for them too mm-hmm. um at hosting this one um groupies shakes out like this legia and villa on six points zrinski and alkmaar on three but uh alkmaar are gonna have to start to feel a little anxious because they they go you know they go to birmingham next match day if they lose again and legia you'd think may would you'd be favored to take home with you know Drinsky. yeah i messed up that sentence so bad <laughs> they, they you know if legia you finish <laughs> yes yeah, so my brain legia, died david who will likely I'm be sorry pretty... i'm sorry listeners yeah. Legia will likely be pretty heavily favored against yes, Drinsky that's on what the return I've, leg. That's what my brain is and trying to produce. Bay and Villa are on nine points, while Azed are on three. It's just, getting very just dicey. Takes one draw. Yeah, because like yeah. you know, then you know, assuming they uh, are are able to, and remember how bad they blew that opening match day at, yeah. at Drinsky. Oh yeah, what was that? A three goal? I think they were up three nil and yeah. lost four three <laughs> from the most absurd circumstances. Um, and at the time I said this is a disaster, but I wouldn't be too worried. I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, Very they worried. have to be. They have to. Then you know they have to be Drinsky and Legia at the absolute minimum. But then if they're already down six points to Legia, they have to hope Villa is not rotating against Legia. You know, there's a lot, lot to consider. Mm-hmm. D- dicey situation for them. Yeah. All right, let's move to Group F. And F is going to stand for Fiorentina. Or go top of the group, shockingly, after a bad first two match weeks by yeah. dominating Kukuriki. Finally got their first win of the campaign. 6-0, yeah. Uh, they still haven't lost in the campaign, though. Yeah, so, that's so true. Silver lining. Neither has Ferenc Vados or Gank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Fiorentina. And Kukuriki is only done only losing. Lost. Yeah. They've only done losing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, surprisingly competitive. I mean, we knew it would be a pretty competitive group because Gank and Fenichvados were pretty good teams. Mm-hmm. But this was, uh, but yeah, Fiorentina finally got their shit on track today. Yeah. Uh, and this is a game where there's not a ton for us to say because Fiorentina were so dominant against a team that is so much worse than them. Mm-hmm. But just go watch it because it's... It's worth it for the goals they the scored. The goals are great. Kukuriki will have to feel a little hard done because while at times they were symbolic and looked totally out of it, there are other times where they probably would have been you know it would have been fair for them to lose three nil instead of yeah, six yeah. because it, it, just like basically every goal fiorentina put ba- in the back of the net was like from outside the box or like a fancy skill yeah or or like uh, a crazy chip yeah like, it was always something um including what was your favorite of the bunch my favorite was the second goal lucas beltron mm-hmm. he got his second and it's just a first time chip over the keeper and i think he meant it because as soon as he does his little chip commentators on Golasso weren't so sure <laughs> as soon as he does a little chip he starts fist pumping uh-huh and so i saw that i'm like or maybe that that's absurd then uh, yeah I, i'm probably I'm, I'm leaning towards giving him the benefit of the doubt but yeah. either way uh really nice for fiorentina to have beltron firing um the one concern for fiorentina though michael chiode the super young wonder kid right back who's really burst onto the scene this year uh, he left after only eight minutes. Oh, damn. But he does seem to be fine. I haven't found, like, an update with the expected timeout. So maybe he'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, he also celebrated the victory by signing a new contract. Woo! Despite interest from Arsenal, Milan, Barcelona, and Manchester United. Now they can sell them him to them mm-hmm. instead. Make a little more instead money. Instead of leaving for free. Uh, even your favorite player, Akone, had a banger today. Yeah. Oh, man. If he's scoring, then things are clicking. Yeah. He's scoring, Fiorentina win this competition. Oh, for sure. Uh, Gank and Fenjvados finish nil nil. 
Um, not a lot to say there. Yeah, no one really except that those first point. those three are all tied with five points, and it's all to play for. Yeah. Uh, think, group, uh yeah, Group G and- also saw a six nil thumping. Did mm-hmm. you have one more thing to say about Fiorentina? Oh yeah, I was gonna say right now it looks like if Gang can pair Barros draw again, mm-hmm. you have to like Fiorentina's chances, but that next match week between Gank and uh, Frank Barros. It's going to be an interesting one. So important. Back in Hungary. Uh, Frankfurt decimated a- poor HJK, who might be the worst team in this turn- this competition. Um, I don't know how Aberdeen tied them. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, Aberdeen's not good either. Not good. <laughs> yeah, but HJK, I mean, from what I've seen, it's pretty it's pretty dicey for them. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of... To be un- understandable, but yeah. And I think Frankfurt had the most beating beat down yeah frankfurt fully deserved six goals today <laughs> and it's because in- they haven't exactly they, they they've been amongst the goals more recently to be fair um three against dortmund um and three against hoffenheim um also in their last two league games but they were kind of struggling transition without kolomani and weren't really amongst the goals yeah. for, for a lot of the first two months of the season so um some credit to them for turning around. Also, some credit for HJK for, you know, sucking. And also, th- this is this is kind of sad for them because this was, I think, their first game after winning the title mm. in Finland. So this was like their honeymoon trip. Maybe they were also hungover. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. They probably they left the champagne on <laughs> yeah. in the locker room after it. So this is this is a tough uh, tough way to celebrate. Mm-hmm. But they probably didn't care. Yeah. Um, and Scotland. Though. Yeah. Also, the uh, maybe the comeback of the day and the heartbreak of the day. Aberdeen two, Pauk three. Aberdeen thought they had done so much good work here. Pauk attacked him and attacked him and attacked him. Um, two some counter attacking sees them ahead two nil by the fifty eighth minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pauk start chipping away in the last twenty minutes. Uh, goals from Despotov and Verinha tie the game. Um, but then after that, Aberdeen has like two really good chances to win, including, including like a goal line save. From a set piece, yeah. there was a brilliant Last save. Second reaction from the goalkeeper. Brilliant save from the goalkeeper, um, and oh, it was then tragically concedes a penalty in the very last kick of the game, um, from stepping on a foot on the very edge of the box because of a slip. Should also be said that Ab- that slips on defenders, um, or four Aberdeen defenders played into both of the first two pout goals. Clearly, the pitch wasn't in very good shape, um, and then you know, a sort of slip and a stomp ends up costing them any points whatsoever. Um, really traumatic way to lose. Um, and they should maybe consider firing their groundskeeper. Yeah, it is, to be fair, Northern Scotland in October. It's got to be difficult. Yeah. I also do want to talk about... What a about, rough way to lose, though. Damn. I do want to talk about Giannis Constantelius. Yeah, Giannis. The 20-year-old, number 10 for Giannis. Power. His footwork was absurd. Constantly just slicing past Aberdeen players, uh, very involved in all the goals and just Pauk's play as a whole. I mean, the kid was everywhere. It's kind mm-hmm. of short, so that probably helps him keep his keep the ball to his foot. I mean, he could he's looked incredible for Pauk. He could be the key to them making a kind of deep run in this tournament. Mm. Really like that kid. Amen. Oh, all right, let's, uh, let's uh... close to wrap things up with Group H, uh, which saw Fenerbahce beating Ludiger at three to one Fenerbahce I wouldn't call it a uh, matter of fact victory necessarily they had to work for it Ludigrets were okay um, but comfortable in the end enough yeah. um, Fenerbahce still top of the league in Turkey by two points looking to go from strength to strength 
and have been really competitive so far. Really good squad. That's all I have to say about them. Yeah, uh, the first goal was a little fortuitous for Fenerbahce. Fred picks up a loose ball and starts running down the middle of the field and goes right past the shoulder of the referee mm. who doesn't see Fred. a trailing defender trying to track Fred down yeah. like right on his heels and clobbers into him. And Fred seems like... Then they like, go on and score from Fred there. seems like an absolute angel in Turkey. He seems yeah. like like the best player in the league <laughs> sometimes. You're like, where was this? I, I know it's good to yeah. The quality of bench players on like elite teams, especially when Fred, especially when it, with with like certain skill sets he does on the ball, where you're like, he had that in his yeah. locker. Um, elsewhere in the group, uh, Spartak Trnava falls 0-2 to Norchland, who vault up to second place mm-hmm. in the group after another pretty good showing. Again, they are one of our favorite hipster teams this year in the tournament. The Danes, um, yeah. very young team, and they're. Play exciting football. Yeah, they're clicking at the right time. They've really picked it up in December. Mm-hmm. Or not December. It's October. It is October. But in October. It's almost November, though. Uh, excluding today's loss to Bronby as of recording. Indeed. They just went final. Indeed. But, but yeah, now they have the inside track, excuse me, into second place. They have to play Ludogrets again, but they did beat them 7-1 last time. So, yeah. <laughs> so they all feel in good shape, especially with another game against Spartak in the return leg at home next match day. And that wraps up group. H. So, uh, but before we move on from the conference league, I found a uh, little like mathematical formula that was supposed to determine the winner of the conference league. Mm-hmm. And according to them, Aston Villa mm-hmm. are the favorites. That's 19- not that surprising. 0.9% chance. Second place, Fenabacha, mm-hmm. 12.7. No love for Fiorentina. No love for Fiorentina. They're behind Frankfurt, understandable. Frankfurt have looked decent at times. Frankfurt yeah. are a solid team. Leal, quite surprising, pretty questionable, and then Fiorentina, and then Club Brugge rounding out the bottom of this. So, Uh, yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't hard to argue with the six teams in general, but the order I would quibble with. Yeah, I would. Fiorentina should be up there in its second at least. Yeah, and then otherwise, I'm comfortable with Fenerbahce three and Frankfurt four. Yeah, I mean, Fenerbahce have been really exceptional, so I'm not surprised to see them that high. Yeah, I would, I would, you know, in a vacuum, I'd say AZ could be in the top six, but now they might not even get out of the group. So um, can't say that in good faith. Um, haven't been impressed with Lille so far, but, you know, hard to read too much into into all of this. Yeah. Um, Frankfurt isn't even in first place in their group. Let's remember they lost to Pauken. Yeah. So let's, let's not. That. Yeah. Let's remember that. The Greeks. The Greeks have the Greeks look great at times. It's a huge bounce back season. It's my whole take. It's my whole my yeah. whole thing all year. This is the Greek. It's your whole personality. A Greek is, bounce, a back. Greek bounce back. Last year. year it was all about how terrible the Greeks were. This year it's all about how great the Greeks are. Um, put some respect, which I on think their country. It's a good time to bring us to our most surprising teams halfway through the group stage. Yeah, because uh, Palk is definitely one of them. I mean, it's not the fact that they have nine points, which is surprising because they beat Frankfurt, but how good they've looked doing it mm-hmm. has been really impressive. And then obviously, we had to pick Klaxvik. Mm. Right, four points. First team from the Faroe Islands in Europe at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, and to put up to get a win and a draw against Lille, mm-hmm. I mean, that's really impressive. But most disappointing, there are a lot more options for this. I felt like, like a lot of teams have really underperformed first three legs, uh, notably the Dutch sides, Ajax and AZ, who are both currently sitting outside of qualification. Mm. which would be a shame to see them bounce so early. But... I should point out Feyenoord got a big win in the Champions League this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not all good. On our own path to possibly qualify. For the Dutch. Yeah. But... Well, it's except that it is for 
uh, Ajax. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Zagreb. No one else is doomed, just Ajax. Zagreb has looked pretty rough at times, and uh, Besiktas look. Besiktas look bad. We would have expected to be in the top two for sure yeah. in that group. Uh, uh, yeah. Who are your uh, who are our weekly winners this week? Winners, huh? Yeah. Well, you uh, you wanted to talk about the goals scored. Oh, I think did so many great goals. I mean, just going to like the Fiorentina game alone, you have four incredible finishes, I and mean, the Puskas nominee committee is going to have a field day. With, with this week a lot of goals. goals too volume of goals yeah seemed high a lot of like large score lines few five ones six six nils yeah yeah there's yeah. there's three five ones alone in the europa league this week a lot of goals yeah that's why on our losers we have the under yeah don't bet <laughs> the under don't bet the under never do in the except unless you're in uh unless you're in what was the one group where they didn't score group c yeah <laughs> bet the under in group c our uh good friends at galazzo galazzo so... They tried to predict how many goals would be scored each match week. Every mm. every person, yeah, they under. missed yesterday, yeah. yeah, or Thursday. Another yeah. loser, the Swiss teams only picked up one point mm. this match week. They did not look very good. And then the Dutch, excluding Firenord, obviously, mm. uh, Azed and Ajax both look awful. But on the bright side, Germany three wins from three, mm. all pretty dominant performances, and Norway got. Two big wins, including one over Sweden. Yeah, Germany. Uh, Germany's aggregate scoreline this week would have been uh fourteen to two. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good week. Yeah, good week for the Germans. Uh, and then I think we'll just wrap up quick update on the coefficient table since now the top two is a thing. They matter even more than normal. The Dutch just barely ahead of the French. For the top five, which will grant an extra European spot next season. They're up by just under a point, but it doesn't look great for them as the French teams are in a much better Yeah, they really need AZ to uh, to qualify out of this group to keep picking up points. Ajax toast. Mm-hmm. Um, which... Ajax, they need to come third. Yeah. They need Ajax to fall down to the yeah, Conference League. Which and... I don't think they will. Yeah. Um, in which case, they need AZ to qualify second out of... That group, out of this group, is... and they could really use Feyenoord to qualify out of their Champions League group. Yeah. Um, PSV, um, you know, didn't make it. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Swiss, their bad season has dropped them into a fight for top 12. They should still be favored for that spot over Czechia and Denmark, but the gap is closing a little bit on them. It's closing a little, it's closing bit. A little bit. They've only put up three points this year. Mm-hmm. Scotland and Austria similarly having rough seasons but they had a slight head start for getting that top 12 which grants you an extra mm-hmm. europa league spot and you know rangers very much alive in the europa league celtic trying to pick up as many points as they can before getting eliminated from yeah. the champions league in europe altogether most likely and for the top two which will grant you an extra champions league spot and will likely come down to the performances in the europa league and the conference league uh turkey remains number one 8.75 belgium number two but the big boys have started picking up their points. Italy, Germany, England, Spain, in that order, three, four, five, six. So they're going to be closing the gap. And right now, Italy, Germany, England look like it'll be two of those three uh, with Spain not having a team in the Conference League and not able to pick up points that way. Mm. But I think it come down to the that group of death in the Champions League with Milan, Dortmund, Newcastle. If someone comes fourth, they're likely done. Mm. 
I would think. And the other two would almost definitely be the top two countries this year. Yeah. Germany might actually have a decent chance this year with, you know, a legitimate Europa league contender Mm -hmm. and a legitimate conference league contender. Those, those could come in real handy if they, if they get deep runs. Yeah. It also could come down to who you draw. Like let's say Mm -hmm. Roma and Liverpool get drawn in like the Mm -hmm. round of, and like the round of 16 in the oh, Europa League. Oh, I hope so. Or, uh, <laughs> oh, I hope so. Spicy. I hope so. Or Fiorentina and uh, Aston Villa have an early draw. Like mm-hmm. if those teams take each other out, suddenly one of those countries has a huge upper hand. Yeah. So we need it. We need to get you a little jingle for your coefficient corner. Yeah. It's David's coefficient corner. Yeah, we can work on that. We can workshop <laughs> it. All right. That was David's coefficient corner. Um, and I think that'll wrap it up on this week's edition of any given Thursday. Um, please join us for our next match day in two weeks from now, um, where, uh, things will really start to take shape and, uh, some teams fates may even be decided, including, uh, you know, including, you know, your Liverpool's and your whatever. Yeah. They'll um, probably be decided. Yeah. Win. So, uh, and that would be great for them, but bad for us. Cause it would be less fun. Yeah. Um, until then. Uh, choose. I mean, it's got to be Magna Hossa. We've done them a couple times, but yeah, so many they times just got their first win. Yeah, I know who else though. Come on, there's got to be somebody else. But we, we do a co-cheers, maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know. We've just done. I feel like we've done them three times already. Yeah. What if we did um, Michael Bilic, the Victoria Pilsen manager? Sure. Yeah. Three, three, three for three. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. It's not sexy, but he deserves it. Yeah. So, All right, Mikael Bilic. Hope we said your name correctly, because I don't speak Czech. Bielik? Bielik? Well, yeah, I don't know why you're saying Czech. It's okay. I don't know. I think it's Bielik. I'm so used to... Mikhail, Mikhail Bielik? Mikhail that's my Bielik. best guess. Um, that's my best guess. And of course, Hosef. Yeah, For well. continuing Just... to do the managerial job of a lifetime. Yes. All cheers. on Cheers with Tana. Cheers to you all, and goodbye. Goodbye.